This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. We are joined in the studio today by Public Service Commissioner Tim Eccles and a couple of his colleagues. And we're going to be talking today about clean energy and how your commute can be cleaner and more efficient into and out of the city. We've got the Clean Energy Roadshow visiting eight cities from Dahlonega to Savannah coming up in the month of June. And we want you to have an opportunity to take a look at what's out there. Joining Commissioner Eccles today, we have Roger Moore, who is the Fleet and Government Sales Manager from Wade Ford. And then also Pete Marty, who is the President of Hannah Solar. And we're going to talk to him also about some of the, the great work they're doing in the world of clean energy. First and foremost, Commissioner, I guess congratulations are in order on your uh, the outcome of the election on May 24th. Uh, you've now been elected to serve yet another six-year term on the Georgia Public Service Commission. To me, this is a mandate to continue to bring more renewable energy on the grid, to continue to have a balanced portfolio, and probably most importantly, to keep our rates low so we keep attracting businesses and manufacturers. That's really, really important to people. Their pocketbook, in the end, it doesn't matter how you, how you feel about energy. You do care about the price. There are many people in our listening audience, I suspect, who hear the words Public Service Commission in the news, but are not exactly sure who you all are and what it is that you do. Why don't you demystify that for us? Yeah, it's been around a long time, since 1879. It was the Railroad Commission. So if you, when you think about the Public Service Commission, just think about an entity that would, that would keep monopolies in check, right? So first the railroads, and then telegraph, and then gas, and telephone, electricity, all of those things that are in that right-of-way. Uh, so we've been protecting consumers for a long time, but also making sure that the infrastructure is sound. That's one of our biggest responsibilities is to look out ahead 20, 30 years to make sure that things are going to be great for your grandkids too. So besides you, who else do we have serving on the commission? And I know that each elected official serves a staggered term, so mm -hmm. there's not 100% turnover every election cycle, right? Yeah, I think a lot of people are surprised. They get in the, the ballot, you know, they get into the voting booth and they go, oh, what is, what is this? But it was me by myself this year on the ballot, and then two years we'll have Commissioner Chuck Eaton and Commissioner Stan Wise up for re-election. And then we'll have two open seats in 2020, the North far north Georgia seat that Commissioner McDonald holds. He's retiring. He'll be 82 uh, then. And then Commissioner Everett will be 81. He's got that south Georgia seat. So in 2020, we'll have two open seats on the Georgia Public Service Commission. What are the qualifications to serve on the Georgia Public Service Commission? Well, you should be from the University of Georgia. That's the main thing. No, <laughs> just teasing. Uh, I'm, I'm a triple dog, and certainly you don't have to be from Georgia. But, of course, UGA grads make better commissioners. We all know that. But um, I'm, I'm oh, joking. Ahead. UGA grads make better everything. Of course. Uh, but, you know, I think I think really you need to be a person who has good judgment because you are planning for the future. You're you're trying to keep things balanced. So uh, in the end, we're really more like judges than anything. What is it that you regulate and what is it that the PSC does not regulate? I think a lot of people think the PSC is just uh, 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 some kind of consumer protection agency, and that is a tiny part of our responsibility. But we are looking at these phone companies that we regulate, not cable, not internet, but landline companies. And there, yes, there, there still are landlines out there. The gas company like Atlanta Gas Light and Georgia Power. And we want, we want to make sure that when they go to New York to borrow money, 
that they are a sound company. Then they can get the interest rates as cheap as possible because those are passed on to our consumers. We want there to be reliable service so that when companies are looking to relocate out of California or other places and come to Georgia, that we can say, hey, look at our reliability here. Uh, And then we want to be able to brag about our cost. And we're 17% below the national average in electricity. And that really means a lot when you look at the fact that we don't have sales tax on manufacturing uh, energy used in manufacturing either. So all of that gives Georgia a competitive advantage and helps drive business relocation to our state. Now, last time, Commissioner, that we gathered to have a conversation, the legislature had made it less attractive for consumers to drive clean energy vehicles. Can you give us an update on where we are this year after the last after the last session? Unfortunately, when the legislature removed the state tax credit on alternative fuel uh, vehicles or um, electric cars in particular, the sales dropped 90 percent. So I think the theory that some of my Republican friends had there in the legislature was that the credit had jump-started the market. We were we were fine. It was going to continue, but that theory uh, is ha- hasn't held up. And so, what they decide to do, I'm not I'm not really sure. I, I'm in my opinion, I don't see them bringing it back. Uh, I think it's going to be very difficult to get it back. Uh, and so, Georgia's dominance in the electric car market, I think, is going con- is going to continue to slip. Um, so I, I think for those of us that do support electric cars, uh, and, and we've got Pete Marte here today, and they've been using one for quite a while, I think we want to continue to talk about how it, it benefits our grid, right? So you're charging your car in the middle of the night. We've got excess, excess electricity. That, that really helps. We've got pollution issues in the city of Atlanta uh, with the EPA. These cars help with that as well. So I think we just need to continue to talk about the benefit, and and I I do believe you'll continue to see, particularly with Tesla coming out with with their 3 Series in 17, I think you're going to continue to see more electric vehicles in North Atlanta than anywhere else in the state. Now, the road show that you've been doing, I guess, now for the last five or six years, you're rebranding it, and it's the Clean Energy and Alternative Fueled Vehicles Road Show. Why the change? Well, it's, uh, and you can find out all about it at cleanenergyroadshow.com, but I think with gas prices as cheap as they are, a lot of folks have said, well, we're just going to keep using gas for a while. And so with, with Georgia now fourth in the nation in solar power, we're wanting to highlight not only alternative fuel uh, for cars, but a, a way that a business, a restaurant, a home, a company can utilize clean energy by putting uh, solar in a field beside their company or even right on their rooftop. So I guess, Pete, that's where you come in. Tell me about your company and what you guys do. So at Hannah Solar, we um, are the integrator, essentially. So we, we put the system together, almost like the BASF commercial, where, where we make everything better. We put it, put it all together. And we, um, in addition to solar, we also put in the electric vehicle infrastructure out there. We, we saw that as an opportunity a few years ago, and so we're the largest doing that in the state of Georgia. We're also the largest solar integrator in the state of Georgia. And um, now we've gotten into the storage market as well. This electric vehicle has created an opportunity um, and a production volume with these battery systems now that it's the cost of those is one of the only things I've seen drop faster than the cost of solar is the cost of storage. And so 
it's very, very exciting what's happening in that space. So now we can um, do some sort of uh, um, shape shifting of when we generate power from the sun because that doesn't necessarily line up on, with when we use power. And so it's it's a really nice um, nice space to be in right now. Um, the commission has been incredible as far as advancing the the clean energy energy infrastructure out there. And there are a handful of our customers and ourselves that really drive on sunshine every day. We we produce more electricity at our building than we consume inside the four walls, and we have free charging at our uh, at our building on Collier Road. And so we're literally driving on sunshine on a on a day in and day out basis. That's even better than walking on sunshine. The very popular song that we might all remember. It, true or false? People have been slow to get on the bandwagon for the benefits of of solar energy, and and you're living proof that it does work. Oh, absolutely. And it's um, you know as the commissioner said, we don't have any subsidies here in the state of Georgia. We did have some at the beginning that jump started the industry. Um, but now, uh, nationwide, there are m- more than 170,000 jobs in solar, which is double that of the coal industry. And in Georgia, we have about oh, 4,000 or 5,000 jobs in the solar industry. And last I checked, we don't have one coal mine in the state of Georgia or one oil well in the state of Georgia. So, you know, we're, we're a jobs creation machine at this point. And, um, the uh, the cost being what it is has really um, the cost decreases in the in the deployment of solar have really driven this um, this uh, clean energy um, jobs boom in the state and the whole southeast. Pete, dumb it down for me because sometimes I can be a little slow. How can a car run on solar energy? So what we're doing, we're just just like any form of energy generation, be it nuclear, coal, natural gas, um, solar is just putting electrons into the system. And when those electrons are overproduced inside a, a building or a structure or in a field, they just go right back out to the electric grid. And then they're fed into, you know, simply by physics, they're going to go where they're needed most. And so if the charger's there or if it's a, a bakery or a manufacturing facility or a, or a preschool, those electrons are going to go there, and the, the value of those electrons produced in the marketplace where the distributed energy is, um, is um, present are more valuable than um, electrons that are produced far, far away. And so it's because uh, it, it, there's no transmission and distribution infrastructure it's all right upgrade there. necessary. It's, it's already there. So it's, it's just a logical conclusion that those electrons are... Um, just going to go, you know, the path of least resistance to the to the next um, spot where they're needed on the grid. All right, all of our physics brains out there got that. I got a little bit of it. Thanks so much, <laughs> Roger Moore from Wade Ford. Can you talk to us a little bit about the benefits for uh, municipalities, cities, and local law enforcement to adopt clean energy and alternative fuel vehicles for their fleets? I understand you're seeing great success with that. Absolutely. Uh, Ford Motor Company produces many vehicles that are capable of running on either natural gas, compressed natural gas, CNG, whatever you prefer to call it, or propane. Um, and the benefit to, this, to the cities, counties, is that, one, they use a lot of fuel. And the, the more fuel they use, i.e. the, the law enforcement uh, community, which is typically next to public service, or um, the um, garbage folks mm-hmm. are the largest user of fuel in a city or a county. So converting by saving their... Uh, saving on on the fuel cost and also on uh, emissions production. 
and, and it makes it a great benefit for them. Absolutely, absolutely. What if private businesses want in? Are there opportunities there? There are many. Um, some companies, such as uh, uh, Procter & Gamble, uh, are requiring that it's a certain percentage of their products be shipped using alternative fuels. UPS is probably one of the largest users of alternative fuel, uh, natural gas, and liquid liquid uh, natural gas in the in the southeast. They just, I think this year, we're purchasing somewhere around 1,200 new tractors that are solely dedicated uh, natural gas vehicles. So there's a huge market out there, and as strange as it may seem, the, the larger the, the vehicle, the, the quicker the payback, the better the savings, because they're using more fuel at a lower cost, so their payback is faster. So, Commissioner, this is just good business all the way around, correct? It is. When you have companies like UPS and Procter & Gamble using, this, uh, using these alt fuels and these gaseous fuels, as well as MARTA, uh, you see these MARTA buses running around with this little, uh, little diamond on the back that says CNG. This is a, a game-changer because these vehicles consume an enormous amount of fuel. I wanted you to talk to us a little bit about the success that we're having here, going back to the solar question, introducing solar to the marketplace and how it's winning. Yeah, again, uh, we're going to be talking about all of this in detail at the Clean Energy Roadshow, which you can go to cleanenergyroadshow.com. It's, uh, it's, it's free, free registration, open to the public. We'd love to have you at any of these eight stops. But solar, uh, since I took office in 2011, we, we, we virtually had none in 2011, Pete. Uh, but, you know, but since that time, you know, because of a number of factors, uh, we've been able to just add a tremendous amount onto our grid, and we've done it differently here. We've we put so much in middle Georgia and south Georgia fields, uh, a half a million, million panels uh, at a time, that uh, we've been able to just make up for lost time uh, because we've been doing it differently than other states. And, and frankly, with our vote coming up this summer at the commission on more solar, it's my guess that you're going to see even more big solar uh, put on the grid in Georgia, and those will more than likely, because of cheap land, more than likely fall to middle and south Georgia, where, frankly, Condis, they really need an economic development boost down there. Main purpose of the clean energy and alternative fuel vehicles roadshow, because when we first started talking about it, of course, there was the tax credit. Everybody was going out and buying electric vehicles. We know the Tesla's coming in, in 2017, and what an opportunity to make money that was with all of those. Something like 300,000 pre-ordered vehicles. Right. Mm -hmm. What's the message you're trying to communicate to people who come out to one of these eight city stops? You know, we're not wanting people to be inconvenienced or hindered in, in their business, we're wanting them to evaluate these alternative energies, whether it's for vehicles or, or for their, uh, for their you know, electric use on the grid, and to, to discern, is this a smart business decision for me, right? So you have, you have the gold standard, which is Cox Enterprises, that owns WSB and a number of other properties here. Cox Enterprises has been leading the way in this through their Cox Conserves program. Uh, but we have other companies who are coming on board, uh, companies uh, you know, like Coke, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, other big companies. And when big companies do this, smaller companies take notice. And it has this Big Brother a positive effect. And so we're seeing more and more Atlanta companies get involved with alternative energy or sustainability in some way. Uh, and then with the Public Service Commissioner working, uh, Commission working with Georgia Power, we're seeing uh, places like Middle and South Georgia add, you know, add these solar arrays. And so Georgia's becoming a real 
a real player. And we, you know, the bottom line is we want people to see that this this might work for them and they should consider it. Pete, it's kind of hard to argue against increased consumption at a reduced price, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And and the the beautiful thing about the electric vehicles, people are going to charge at home at night when the power company has excess electricity. And so they've they've got this spinning reserve, essentially, that can now be put into a vehicle and used as a transportation fuel during the day. It's it's the best of both worlds, really. And the opportunity for the utilities, the EMCs to seize upon this um, and really be part of the part of the infrastructure build out is is wonderful. Roger Moore, have we finally dispelled the myth that if I own an electric vehicle, I charge it overnight, I live as far south as you do and drive as far north as you do every day, that I'm going to run out of juice before I get to my destination? That has been one of the primary concerns or objections is, is range anxiety, and that's with all of our alternative fuels. And, but the uh, electric has been primary the one that has, has had the shortest range. But there are more and more charging infrastructure that actually the folks from Hannah have, have put up over the, over the last few years. And uh, um, opportunity charging is a new, uh, I guess, uh, paradigm. Whereas with our regular fuel vehicles, we, we go to the low fuel light comes on, or I do, and drive it some more and then put fuel in it. With the electrics, it's much more opportunistic if you will stop whenever you at the, the mall or wherever there's a charging station to go ahead and plug it in, top it off, and you still got 80 miles of range. So you can do that all day long and never run out of fuel. Yeah, so like I was driving an electric, I'm driving an electric car today. Uh, and so on my way down, I stopped and I combined a meeting with charging. Uh, so I needed about 20 minutes on a fast charger to get me up back into the 70-mile range. And from here, I'll go to another charger for another meeting. And so I try to build my meetings around chargers uh, because I don't want to just sit around and waste time. So when you when you get one of these alternative fuel vehicles, you begin to think like that. You know, probably the easiest alternative fuel vehicle, that, and folks may not even know that they own it, would be a Ford or a GM or a Chrysler product that has a flex fuel badge on the back uh, that says flex fuel E85. And Racetrack, one of our local companies, uh, has started to put in a lot of E85, which for folks from the mountains, that would be moonshine, um, <laughs> and put in E85 stations. So they've got a new one in Brazelton, uh, the new one in Conyers, uh, uh, the, the Racetrack. There's one on Jimmy Carter. And then the biggest one is right at the Delta uh, the Delta employee entrance on Camp Creek Parkway, they have E85 at every pump. It's 20 cent a gallon cheaper. You get the alternative fuel for ha- uh, tag for having it. And for those out in Hall, Barrow, or Gwinnett County, that means you can ride free in that express lane uh, if you are using E85 in one of your American-made vehicles. So a lot of folks don't even know they can do that. And you just stole my next question because I was thinking about, I drive in from Cobb and we've got the new high-occupancy vehicle lanes, the reversible ones going in and I was going to get you to confirm that once those do open those HOV lanes are open to alternative fuel no. vehicles. Unfortunately. No? Okay, so Unfortunately, set things on the Cobb side are going to be different. They're going to be a different type of lane. They're not going to be quote the hot lane that you have in Gwinnett County. I just met with the new director of the Toll Authority um, a couple weeks ago. The Gwinnett Lane is going to be extended another 10 miles all the way up to Hamilton Mill. It will continue to allow alt-fuel vehicles of all types as long as you have the tag and as long as you've pre-registered with the Georgia Toll Authority. You can ride for free. Okay. Um, but on the Cobb side, 
only only the buses are going to be allowed to, to ride free. Uh, everyone else is going to have to pay. And I wish it wasn't the case. I've lobbied uh, those folks over there to change it, but uh, I don't think we're going to be able to make that happen. And alternative fuel vehicles out of Cobb will have to pay in the alt fuel lane. Uh, how much will those vehicles have? Those owners have to pay. Well, uh, it, it's going to vary. It, it's going to vary in Gwinnett County. I see it up to twelve dollars a day, uh, one way. Uh, if you're in the super rush, uh, which is you know in the seven o'clock hour, so it is going to be expensive. And I, I and I think probably the only person that could change this probably would be the governor, mm. uh, if he would be prone to change that. But uh, there's there's not a lot of uh, folks that are talking about that issue right now so i don't i don't anticipate it changing all right so the road show is going to hit eight cities starting in dahlonega on june 14th where are you going to be and what can we see yeah probably uh, the biggest road show will be the next day the 15th in gwinnett at the gwinnett chamber that's going to be that's going to be huge uh so if you're anywhere near near gwinnett uh please come out that day it's right over by the uh the arena and then we'll go back to cobb county over by six flags at the epicenter on the 16th and then down to LaGrange uh, at uh, right off of what's being called the Ray, which is a sustainable highway where they've got um, car chargers and all kind of cool things going in those first 18 miles of the interstate. The next week we'll be in Albany on the 21st. We'll go over to Georgia Southwestern uh, University on the 22nd. And then two stops in Savannah, one at Savannah Tech on June 23rd. And then over at the convention center, as a part of the as a part of the Georgia Municipal Association, on June 24th. So, plenty of opportunities for everyone. So, who benefits most from alternative fuels? Well, there's a there's a lot of people that benefit, but clearly, if you know if you're if you're in Northeast Atlanta in a hot lane and driving in, you know, from Gwinnett, Barrow, you know, Hall County. Uh, Oconee County, I think you you stand to gain a lot because you're getting that toll waived in addition to the fuel savings. So I think that's probably where you're going to continue to see the most growth is in that northeast corridor coming in on 85. But, you know, there's companies who, you know, who make these decisions for a variety of reasons. Some of them want to be green. They want to be sustainable. So they're accomplishing part of their you know, of their mission by doing this. Others, it's more practical. If it can save us money, we'll do it. So this is part of the purpose of the uh, the Georgia Clean Energy Roadshow uh, is to help people make this evaluation. Will I get more customers by being green? Can, if I put a car charger in front of my restaurant, will more people come? Um, Will I attract a different type of uh, clientele? There's lots of factors maybe that folks hadn't even thought about. All right, we're just about out of time. Roger Moore, you are have been in this for, for quite some time. If the audience doesn't remember anything else about uh, what you've shared with us and the benefits for municipalities and private industry to adopt alternative fuel vehicles, clean energy, what would you have them remember? It's, a, it's savings, whether it's money, fuel, emissions, or noise. The new uh, natural gas engines are much quieter. So there's there's a huge amount of savings across the board. And these vehicles are available now, and the technology is good. It's uh, much better than some – I have several people bring up the old early 90s, the late 80s systems, and I can tell them exactly what their problems were before they ever start the objection. Those aren't there anymore. And so the, the, the technology is, is mature, the technology is good, and the vehicles are available. Outstanding. Pete Marty with Hannah Solar. Same question. 
I would say the, the biggest takeaway is that that solar is here and it's now. Um, it's happening at an unprecedented rate in the state of Georgia. We're the fastest growing state in the in the country with the deployment of solar. And all the utilities and the EMCs and the municipal electric authorities have all jumped on board. And um, so when, when they've done it, they're very conservative as a, as a lot generally. When they've done it, you know that it's, uh, it's, it's here and it's now and it's um, for a very long time. And, Commissioner, you get the final word. Yeah, so join us uh, at the Clean Energy Roadshow to find out more. Uh, you can go to Georgia Clean. I mean, you can go to cleanenergyroadshow.com and register. It's free. Uh, it's changing it's changing the paradigm in energy, and we want you to find out how that's happening. Outstanding. Gentlemen, thank you very much for coming by. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, condo 29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective.